Hello, I'm C. Northington Purdy and welcome to Starting Your Teaching Career. In today's segment, we're going to talk about the curriculum vita, also referred to as resume and often abbreviated as CV. How do you create a resume for an education position, a teaching position? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. All of the things that need to be included and the order in which they should be included. So let's get started. Let's get started. Most word processing programs such as uh, Microsoft Word or Apple Pages or Google Docs, just to name a few, have templates for the organization of resumes. Choose the one that appeals to you aesthetically. They all are arranged nicely and they make it easy. You can just put in your information. Top of the page, your name, your address, your email address, and underneath that, your URL. Why? Because that has become, if you have a URL, but that has become the norm that many people have websites or uh, unsubscribable websites um, unlisted. In other words, you need the link in order to access it. But there you are. We've spoke about that a bit in the portfolio segment. Your email address should reflect a serious person. Okay, so if you've got a uh, crazy legs at, at AOL or whatever, <laughs> I would suggest you change that to reflect your name and and or something serious, all right, so that you you don't appear to be a juvenile. Even if you've had that email address all your life or whatever, it, it's important that your email address reflects the fact that you're looking for a position, even if you have to create a new one. Okay, top of the page, your name, your address, your email address, your URL. It has become a trend for some people to put a professional photograph of themselves uh, at the top of the resume curriculum vita. I, that's fine. If you want to do that, I would suggest if you choose to include a picture that it is a professional photograph, a picture that has been taken specifically for this purpose, maybe a passport photo or something, something professional so that you, you're looking straight at the camera and uh, it presents you in your best light. Your phone. Number one, choose a phone. When you list your phone number on your resume, make sure that the phone number is one that you answer. It is your phone. If it is a landline, make sure that you have um, an answering voice recording, some, some kind of device attached to it so that whoever calls you can leave a message. If it is your cell number, same thing. Important also that uh, you take off any ring back music that you might have when a person dials your number. Everybody doesn't share your taste in music. Keep it professional and make sure that you're answering machine uh, message is uh, sober, <laughs> is uh, professional as well, okay? Nobody, people don't always understand the inside jokes that people say when they have their voice recording. Just, if, even if you, it's even good if you use the computer 
given a message. You have reached five, 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 five. Please leave a message. That's fine. But um, just keep it professional. And I like also with the, if you're going to record a voice message, make sure that you mention that if you would like to text a message, this phone is a mobile. That's great because that way, if they don't want to talk on the voicemail, a voice recording, they can text you the same information and you'll probably get it faster than you would if you were away from your phone and, and you weren't able to answer. And listening, sometimes listening to voice recordings is a job within itself. Just a thought. The next section. Underneath your name and, and all your details should be your employment objective. You can give it a name. You can call it employment objective or you can just call it the objective or you can just make your statement right, right underneath there. It should reflect the job that you're trying to get, which means that if you intend to apply for different uh, positions, different teaching positions at different schools. Let's say you're applying to be a social studies teacher in one school and then at another school they need a sociology teacher. So you, ha you happen to have those credentials. So you change it based on where, you're, uh, where you are applying uh, so that the person looking at it can say, oh my goodness, they are applying specifically for this job. They're a perfect match. That's what you want. Don't let your objective statement exceed two sentences. Trust me, people aren't going to read much further into a long objective. Your cover letter, if you're, if you're going to write a cover letter, that should have details about yourself that you want us to know. But definitely, definitely don't write paragraph after paragraph as your objective on your resume. You want to, the goal of your resume is to give, give the reader a snapshot of you. What do you have education-wise, experience-wise, and why should we hire you? Period, point blank, that's it. So uh, my objective is to obtain a career that enables me to utilize my expertise in whatever field you have, all right? Um, and and if, if you have a niche a talent or field, you might wanna mention that as well. So let's say you're also, um, Work, you've worked in nuclear physics and you are applying for a science position. So you say, I am applying for a position of science teacher in order to utilize my expertise in both science and nuclear physics. But specific, short, brief. Think short and brief. Next, your educational attainment. This is important. If you're applying for a position in education, your education should be listed first. In a corporate curriculum vita, you list your work experience first. For education, you list your education first. Your, the most recent college at which you completed the course. So if you, let's say you have a master's degree the college that you obtained your master's from goes first. And then beneath that, your bachelor's. And beneath that, any if you went to a, a, a community college, you can put that. You really do not need 
if you if if you're young you don't need to include your high school if you can if you want to but that that will reflect your age which you, by the way you don't have to put on your resume but it's not necessary i would suggest this if you are applying to a school in your district that you graduated from absolutely put your put your high I often suggest that certifications be its own category. For example, I am certified to teach, uh, uh, I'm a certified teacher of the disabled, and I am also a certified teacher of psychology, regular ed. So I have a heading underneath education that says certifications, and I list my certifications. It makes it very. It makes it makes it stand out that you are certified. Even if you have one certification, have the category of certifications and put it there, so that people can see very clearly. It's not bundled up in your educational statement. No, you have it have it separate so that it appears very clearly. And the state in which you were certified, that needs to be there. Beneath that, your teaching experience. Your most recent teaching experience, uh, if you left in good terms, if you're, if you're uh, changing careers, let's say, moving from a paraprofessional to a teacher, being a paraprofessional can also be included in that statement. But, but for the purposes of continuity, your most recent teaching experience goes first. So the last school at which you taught or your student teaching experience, that'll be your teaching experience, and below that would be your other clinical experiences that you had, let's say a practicum or some kind of once or twice a week field experience, that goes beneath that. Beneath that, if you work as a paraprofessional um, at a school or at uh, even at a daycare center, that goes there. And any other teaching experience you have. If you are a coach, and you've been coaching a sport for years in an accredited organization, that can go there as well. Coaching is teaching. Your teaching experience is not the same as your work experience. All right, that goes in a different category. I also need to mention that if you have worked, let's say, at a satellite organization like Mathanasium or Kumon or someplace like that, that's, that can be included in that category, all right? Uh, if you teach Hebrew school or some other religious organization that has um, a, an organized accredited uh, program, you can list that as well. Underneath that is the category of work experience. In that section, you include any work that you've done that was not teaching the most from the most recent uh, onward. If you don't have any other work experience, leave that category out. Don't put that in your resume. Just don't put that category in your resume. If you have no other work experience other than being a teacher, being a para, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I must mention, um, it is very underst it is understood that it is very difficult to finance um, a degree of any kind. College is expensive in the United States. Uh, if you work 
in a field that is adult. For example, if if you are a professional exotic dancer or you work uh, any kind of any if you if you're a cashier even in an adult bookstore or something like that, it would be best if you leave that off your resume. Even if it means that you don't have any work experience other than that, don't put that because you're applying for a job as a role model and everything about you should reflect that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong but with, with doing a legitimate job and making legitimate money so that you could get your legitimate degree, but it should not be included on your resume. Bartending is fine. Things like that are okay, but again, you're, you're going to present yourself as a role model because you're applying to be a role model. Until very recently, when someone mentioned the word publication, you automatically thought books or magazines or newspapers. But these days, people publish in lots of different modalities. If you have published something, it could be print media, uh, for example, a poem or in a book or in a, in a magazine, in a newspaper or research that you've published, fine. That needs to be listed in its own category of publications. If you have a podcast that you have published, list, uh, uh, make sure it's an academic podcast, something that's informational, list it, the full name of it and where it can be accessed and the year that you launched it. If you have a YouTube channel in which you instruct people to do things and it's legitimate and it's not a joke uh, channel, it's a real channel that people can go and get information, by all means, list that under publications. If you have no publications, do not put that category on your curriculum vita. But if you do, it's a, it's a great also artwork those of you who are artists and have work that's published somewhere on a website on a professional art website or something like that that's fine if you have published original music with the library of congress or something like that definitely goes there the name of the song and where it's published and the the information related to that extracurricular activities i must add a caveat here Whatever you list for extracurricular activities will probably be taken into consideration when the school is looking for club advisors, okay? Very, very important that you list your hobbies carefully. And don't call them hobbies. They're extracurricular activities. If you play an instrument, if you play a sport, if you, if you like to build decks or put up sheetrock or whatever, those are extracurricular activities. So if you have things in your life that you like to do, that's where you list them. Make sure that uh, you actually can do those things that you list because you never know who's going to be in the room who might share your hobby and they might start talking to you about it and you'll have to uh, reflect the fact that you know <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, don't mention anything lower than high school. So if you're young, you're just graduating from, from college, you want to mention the things that you are currently still able to do, not what you used to do. 
okay? The present. Next category, awards. If you've, if you've won any awards for community service or citations, scholarship, college scholarships, absolutely include them. Just list them. Last category on your resume, curriculum vita, CV, is the references. Some people list their references, the names of people that can be called to uh, vouch for their character. Some people just put the statement at the bottom of the page, references available upon request. That's fine. If they like you, they'll ask to see your references. Or you can put your references, the letters in your portfolio and have that on the URL. And you can say references available on URL. And that's easy enough as well. Or, uh, or you can just list them. And I have to say, as, as one who does write references pretty frequently, please ask the person that you choose to write a reference or you choose to act as a reference, ask them first before you list their name so that when the time comes that the district calls that person, if it's a professor or um, the boss of a job that you, uh, you used to work, please ask them. They will know who you are, they'll remember who you are, and they'll, they'll expect the call. You, you, you have to consider also that professors have taught literally thousands of students. If the career is long enough, yes. Therefore, even though you are special and you are important and you are unique, the professor might have difficulty remembering who you are if years have passed, if several semesters have passed, if the classes that you took with that professor were auditorium full. It's hard to remember every face and every name. So send an email to that person. Hi, I used to be in your whatever class it was and I was the person who, who made the joke about whatever that you thought was so funny or, or I did the research on, on this subject. Something that makes you stand out and the grade that you got. All right, jog their memory a bit and then ask for, ask for a reference. All right, ask. Don't assume I'm ready for my reference now. No, you're not entitled to a reference. Ask nicely. It's not like they're sitting around wondering what to do next. Uh, the person who served as your foreman or your boss, they're busy too. Make sure that they are able to write the letter in a way that will flatter you and um, then list their name. If you don't have three references yet, but you, you want to have your resume out there, then references available upon request, and that'll give you some time to get them together. Three references. Uh, marketable, it actually does the opposite unless you're applying for a position as a professor or something. Keep it short. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you found it useful and helpful. We appreciate your attention to this podcast. If you like it, please share it with a friend or someone you know who wants to be a teacher. 
And we are now available on Apple Podcasts and everywhere that you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Thank you.